Welcome back to the house of the Lord. I just want to delve, dive straight into the word of the Lord this morning. There is so much that God wants to do in our midst. I feel that passion. I feel that urgency. I feel we just need to do what God wants us to do. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Right, our theme is on reach as uh, we have been covering on this, uh, our yearly theme. And uh, for the last few sessions, a couple of sessions, I've been focusing on reach that is in the area of prayer or reach up, sorry, reach up in the area of prayer. And uh, we have talked about the heart of prayer and we have also talked about simple prayer. The last session was on simple prayer. I hope that it has helped you in your prayer time, quiet time with the Lord and how anybody, everybody can pray if we are sincerely wanting to seek the Lord. Now this uh, morning, I'd like to continue the theme of uh, reach up. And uh, there are so many areas that we can cover on reaching up. But I'd like to cover on the reaching up in the area of worship. In fact, this is the most important area. In the area of worship. If you learn this well, if you really learn how to worship the Lord, I tell you, your life will be turned around and you will not be fearful of anything. You will never get entered into depression. All right, and the enemies cannot beat you around if you are a worshiper of the Lord. So it's very important for us to learn the area of worship. My text is taken from Revelation chapter 19, verse 1 to 6. Shall we stand together for the reading of God's word? Ready? One, two, three. After this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven, crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for His judgments are true and just. For He has judged a great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen! Hallelujah! And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. The Lord had blessings to His word. Thank you. Please be seated. This chapter starts with the word, after this. After what? If you read Revelation chapter 18, you find the destruction of Babylon, the evil that represents evil and epitome of evil itself. So finally, Babylon has been overcome. Evil has been destroyed. And all that has happened on earth in chapter 18, finally, when you reach chapter 19, John takes us up to the heavenly realm. The seven-year tribulation is over according to the prophetic calendar of God. 
And now the only one final global event that's going to happen after this is the Battle of Armageddon. And of course, with the Battle of Armageddon, concurrently with that, of course, will be the return of Jesus Christ to set up his 1,000-year rule. And so John saw what happened in the heaven. And he described for us what he heard and what he saw. Something so powerful that should change our life. And so from here, this morning, I'd like to share on Raise a Hallelujah. That's the song that we have just sung. This title, of course, is not original. It's from the song itself. I raise a hallelujah, raise a hallelujah from Bethel Music. Very, very powerful song. Raise a hallelujah. When, jo when John was writing this, you have to remember that it wasn't a peaceful time at all. Rome was under the rule of Emperor Domitian, a very wicked ruler. And Christians were persecuted for their faith. They have no freedom at all, even to freely gather and worship the Lord. And even John himself was on the island of Patmos as an exile for his faith. He was an aged man by now. But even in that island alone, he was able not only to experience worship on earth, but even saw the heavenly worship. What he saw is a heavenly worship, a worship that nobody has ever seen before. And I tell you what, he saw just blew his mind as he should blow our mind when we come about, when we talk about worship. When you see how the saints in heaven and the angels and the servants of God in heaven worship Almighty God, how lame and weak and feeble our earthly worship seems to be. But let us not be discouraged. Let us take encouragement from there that what we see in heaven, God will help us to experience it even on earth. Can I hear an amen on that? Hallelujah. So worship is very, very powerful. The word hallelujah comes from two Hebrew words, halu and yah. Yah is a short form of Yahweh. And in other words, it's just praise Yahweh. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And it appears so many times in the Bible. All over. But when you read it in the English version, you may not be able to see it so many times. But actually in the original language, you see it all over. Because actually, whenever you see the word, praise God, or praise the Lord, or praise ye the Lord, it comes from the, the root word is actually hallelujah. And so in the Psalms, for example, it's filled with hallelujah. So many psalms are the hallelujah psalms, actually. Whenever you see the word praise, that is hallelujah, most likely. It fills the pages. 
So hallelujah is not a discovery of the Pentecostals in the last century. No, it has been there. Only thing is many times because of the English translation, it's not wrong because it's actually praise Yahweh. You know? And so you find that the translation is correct, but then the actual one is actually hallelujah. Praise, of course, means adore, adoration, commendation of the Lord, bowing before God, you know, and uh, 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 proclaiming the goodness, the greatness of God. And so you find that all these things are linked. So hallelujah is a very powerful word. And I would like to use it today as, as, uh, as, uh, to, to describe worship, to describe, to describe praise. Raise a hallelujah. You know, hallelujah is actually a, a universal language. One pastor was in a, in a boat and he was reading the scripture. And after that, while he was just walking around, there were other nationalities. You know, and uh, he, he tried to talk to some of them, but he... He, he, he couldn't speak the, the language at all. And then he saw one man. And, and he was carrying a Bible. And so he went over and tried to talk to him, you know, and introduce himself. But the man couldn't understand at all. And then this pastor had an idea. He just said, Hallelujah! And the guy understood and, he's, and the guy said, Amen! You see, it's a universal language. When I go to Indonesia or to some countries in preaching and all that, I may not speak their language, but I just say, Hallelujah, and the saints will respond. Do the saints respond here? Hallelujah! Amen! Amen. So it's a universal language. And it identifies us, even Christians, in the greatest Identity and mission that God has given to us to be worshippers. We talk about prayers the last two sessions. Prayer is we seeking God, what we want, what we need. We are always coming to God, seeking God for something. But do you know that the Father is also seeking something from us? And what is the Father seeking from us? Ah, there's one thing that God wants from us. That's all. It's not your money. It's not your house. The Father is seeking worshippers. Can you imagine that? The Father needs nothing else but only one thing He seeks for. Worshippers. For that purpose, we were created. Worship is the central affirmation of God in our lives above everything more important than anything else. So raise a hallelujah.
There are four reasons to raise a hallelujah. Or not really reasons. But when you read the passage that we have just read, Revelation chapter 19, verse 1 to 6, that's the only passage where four times the word hallelujah appears. It must be very important. So the first appearance of the word hallelujah is found in verse 1. Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Raise a hallelujah for His salvation. For His salvation. You see, the only people that can raise a hallelujah are those who have been saved. In heaven, they call the, the songs that the saints are singing in heaven are called the songs of the redeemed. Songs of the redeemed. We have been redeemed. Not songs of the angels. Angels may be singing another song. But they have never experienced salvation. But we who were lost, who were condemned, who have experienced salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, we can sing the songs of the redeemed. And it contains a hallelujah unto God for His salvation, glory, and power. These are the reasons why we can worship God. These are the reasons why we should and we must worship God. Knowing the reasons why we should worship God should help us worship Him even more often. Salvation. Praise Him for His deliverance and reward. Glory. Praise Him for His attributes and character. Power. Praise Him for His greatness. And all these things the Lord has done for us. Raise a hallelujah even for His salvation. In fact, all those who have experienced salvation should never cease to raise a hallelujah because of what we have experienced. All oh, the greatness of His mercy is the greatness of His love for each and every one of us should cause us to just burst out with a hallelujah every day, every moment. Why is it not happening? Have you all ever tried to prepare a microwave popcorn? You buy a box of popcorn, you just throw it into the microwave. And then after that, now, whether it's healthy or not, that's another story, okay? Uh, no, but it works, all right? And then, but inevitably, when you take out the popcorn, some popcorn would have, wow, risen up and all that. But inev inevitably, there'll be some kernels inside there that just doesn't pop. Correct or not? Yeah, I see the head there. Nodding. There are some kernels for some reason just wouldn't pop. It's in the same box, but the popcorn wouldn't pop. It's the same microwave, same radiation, but some popcorn just would not or could not pop. It's the same with some Christians. Some Christians just cannot pop. We experience the same power of God in salvation. We have experienced the glory of God and the power of God, but some Christians, it doesn't excite them, it doesn't pop them. We come to the same worship service, 
Some Christians really often before they step in, they already pop out. Wow, the presence of God is so powerful. Some just sit through the service, powerful move of God. They just cannot pop. They hear the same message. Some Christians pop immediately, receive the word by faith. But some just cannot pop, just like the popcorn. You know why? It's maybe, maybe, maybe it's because many of us have made the decision to follow Christ, but we have not made the commitment. Yeah, we are Christians. We come, we attend the same service. Praise God for that. I wouldn't doubt any one of your salvation. But making the decision to follow Jesus Christ and making a commitment to follow Him and to praise Him and to worship Him is a different thing. You know, pilots know the importance of commitment. Pilots, when they are flying the plane on the runway, when they are trying to take the uh, plane off on the runway, all right, there, so you find that the, 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 the pilot just uh, push it into uh, drive and then the, uh, 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 the plane begins to move and after that, move faster and faster. And after that, that it will reach a point. The plane will reach a point whereby Although the runway, there are still some distance in the runway, the pilot knows that he must take off already. He cannot decide not to take off anymore. Alright? Because if he decides for whatever reason not to take off, if he has reached that point of no return already, you must take off. If or otherwise the plane will crash or, or, or something bad will happen. Alright? There's not enough uh, uh, runway even for you to... to, to, to uh, to put on the brake or to try to stop the plane. That is the point of commitment. The plane must either take off or it will crash. He is committed already at that point, whatever it is. The plane must take off. Are you committed to take off in your life? Have you reached that point and made that commitment? Yes, Lord, I will take off. I will pop. I made that commitment to worship you for who you are, for what you have done in my life. Because the Father sees worshippers more than anything else. It's not about our money and wealth. It's not even about our service unto Him. That comes second, actually. First and foremost must be our worship unto Him. All the saints of God in the Bible, they know how to enter into worship of God. That is the most important thing in their relationship with God. Most important thing, worship. Perhaps many of us do not see the importance of worship and we think that well, worship is just attending a worship service. No, I'm not talking about attending a service, all right? I'm talking about the worship of the Almighty God. And it's powerful. There are many psalms that talk about worship. Do you know which is the shortest chapter in the Bible? The shortest chapter in the Bible. Hmm? Anybody guess? I shouldn't have shown it to you all yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's right. 
the shortest chapter in the Bible. If you don't know where it is, you just divide the Bible into two right in the center. It should turn to Psalms 118 is the center. But then you just turn one chapter back and this is the shortest chapter. Although Psalms is not a chapter, but you find that it has only two verses. The shortest chapter. And what does it say? Praise the Lord. It starts with hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All nations, extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. The first praise the Lord is the word hallelujah. But the bottom one is Shabbat, which is uh, worship the Lord. But all talking about the same thing. Hallelujah. And actually, in these two verses... It tells us a lot of things. I don't have time to go into it. It tells us the who, what, why, how of life itself. Everything is contained here. In one word, is hallelujah unto the Lord. And so praise God for His salvation. Secondly, raise a hallelujah once more, forever. Once more, they cried out, Hallelujah! Once more. And it is not just once more and no more. You know, it is just, it keeps on adding and adding and adding. Once more. You see, worship is not an event. Although we say many times we talk about the worship service. Yeah, this is a worship service. It is an event. So many times when we talk about worship, they, many people think, okay, it's, it's what happens during that one and a half hour service in church. But no. Yes, this is an important part of it. But worship actually is a lifestyle and it is not an event. It is once more and forevermore. We just keep on worshipping and worshipping the Lord. To give an idea, you find in Hebrews 13 verse 15 to 17. Through Jesus, therefore, let us what? Continually. Alright? Not just one time and forget it already. But let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of Praise of worship, of hallelujah. Raise that hallelujah. Offer unto God that hallelujah unto Him. The fruit of lips that confess His name and that do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So yes, in your personal life, continually offer to God that hallelujah. Continually raise that hallelujah unto the Lord. Whether you are in church or whether you're in the factory, whether you are in the bakery or whether you are in the mall, whether you are driving or whether you are jogging, whether you are playing golf or whether you are playing basketball, it does not matter. Continually. <coughs> now, I'm not saying that you cease every other activities. Wow, continually, how to do it? Huh? You know, 
It doesn't mean that, cease, uh, that you cease every other activities in order to just do this one thing. No, it is the spirit of it all. all right? You are continuously able to just sense the presence of God, enter into the presence of God. You are just always praising God and just, and, and just are thankful to Him. You are offering Him that hallelujah all the time. Frequently. And as often as you can, take time apart also to just pause for a while and just offer that praise and that sacrifice unto the Lord. How are you going to do that? I'll come back to that a little bit later. But you find that, hey, your life will just turn around. There is that consciousness of God even throughout the day that you are not alone. And in case you wonder, hey, is this just a... Is this just an individual event? I can just do it all by myself. I don't even have to come to church. No. You find that another psalm. Psalms 111 verse 1. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Not just alone. I mean, David is a worshiper. He really knows how to worship alone by himself. But then on top of that, you find that, hey, in the counsel of the upright and the assembly, and it is just a gathering of like this. I, I will, I will extol the Lord. That was his commitment. Whenever he enters the house of the Lord, I will extol the Lord in the council of the assembly. I will not miss that assembly because I have an important appointment with God. I want to just worship him, extol him. It will change the dynamics, not just of the church service, but also your relationship with God. If you are committed to even this, to raise a hallelujah in the assembly of God's people. And if every one of you come in with that kind of a commitment, Friends, it's not just once a while. It is our very life itself. Praise that hallelujah. <coughs> Thirdly, praise the hallelujah anyhow. Anyhow. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen. Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him small and great. They say, in the introduction I say, I say that the word hallelujah is universal. But somebody said that actually there are four universal words. In all languages, they sound the same. Not just one, but four. First one is Amen. Anywhere you go, amen sounds the same. It's amen, amin, whatever it is, sounds the same. People understand. Second one is hallelujah. The third language that's universal is okay. Okay, everybody knows that. And the fourth one is Coca-Cola. <laughs> Just throw that one in for fun. <coughs> 
But here you have the saints. And as I said, you find that the, the believers were under intense persecution. And many have been martyred for the faith under the power of Rome. And what John saw, there were those saints that were raptured before the tribulation. There were those saints that were martyred. Millions of saints that, were, that would be martyred during the tribulation. But after all this, he saw that heavenly worship. And what did he see the saints doing there? They were praising God and they were saying what? Amen. Hallelujah. Imagine those saints who have gone through so much pain, tribulation, death even. But when they were in heaven, they were not complaining anymore. There was that amen and hallelujah rising up unto God. Amen, hallelujah. When you have this combination, I tell you, it is powerful. If you learn these two words alone, you will change your life. If you learn to say it more often, I tell you, you will become a more powerful Christian. Just two simple words, but the most powerful words in the Christian vocabulary. Amen and hallelujah. I won't have time to go through the details of amen, but amen, it means what? So let it be. So let it be. And in the New Testament, it is left untranslated from the Hebrew. So that's why I say, you find that, hey, in any language, it is, it is the same. You know? Amen. Most of, many times when we pray, we conclude the prayer with, amen. When you pray and you say, amen, do you know what it means? So let it be. So wait, let, so wait, sorry. So let what be? Let the will of God be. Let your will be done, oh God. Yes, it refers to everything that was said and you are in agreement to the prayer and you say, amen, let it be so. But when the saints said, amen, hallelujah, First of all, you find that those saints who have gone through so much pain and suffering and death, they are able to say, Amen. The will of God. Even though they have gone through the suffering and the pain, they do not question and they are not rebelling against the will of God anymore. They are saying, Amen to everything. Everything that God has done. They are saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. We may not fully understand the workings of God in this life. But the saints who have gone up there, they look back and they know that God's will and God's purposes have always been good. Even when you do not understand your pain, even when you go through certain suffering, May you be able to say, hallelujah, anyhow. Anyhow, I may not fully understand. But Lord, I accept your divine will. Yes, Lord, I'm committed to the purpose, to your purpose. It is only when 
we begin to worship, that we begin to understand God's will and God's plan. Otherwise, it's so difficult for us to say amen. Because we haven't learned to worship God. We haven't entered into that worship of the Father and feel His heartbeat and understand His will. And so many times in life, we struggle against God. We fight against God. We question God. God, why? I am a believer. And yet I got this sickness. I got into this accident. I got sacked, retrenched. Hey, since when did God say that none of these things will happen to you? God never promised you a rose garden, baby. In life, we'll go through all of this. But the question is, are you able to say amen to it? Lord, I don't understand, but amen. Margaret Fiefen was the daughter of W.E. Sanster, a British pastor who lived and served in the mid-50s and died about when I was born. And she wrote about her father. W.E. Sanster is a powerful minister of God. <coughs> so she wrote about the father, about Sanster, and how he was at one time just diagnosed with a progressive disease. It's some kind of a muscular atrophy. It is incurable. And what it happens is it will eat away all your muscles. And in due time, you lose all your muscle movement. You will not be able to talk. You will not be able to talk. You will not be able to walk. You will not be able to use your hands even. Because muscular atrophy, you just lost all your muscles movement. So he had that the disease. And he knew it. Now, when the doctor tells you this, that this is incurable, and slowly, gradually, you're going to lose all your muscle movement. How will you take it? But Sanster was a man of faith. He trusted the Lord. And he said, Lord, give me strength even for this struggle. And friends who knew him, kind of pity him. But he says, please don't pity me. Actually, I consider myself being in the kindergarten of suffering. This is only kindergarten. There are, there are other greater sufferings that men of God, women of God have gone through. And what I'm going through right now is only a kindergarten in suffering. And so with whatever time left, he gave himself to the preaching of God's word, to the writing of articles, writing of books. And he said, Lord, if I cannot be a general in your army, let me at least lead a regiment. And he started prayer cells all over Britain. 
but gradually he began to lose all his muscle movement. The first to go was his legs. The legs became useless. Then the voice couldn't speak. But one thing, he could still write. He hasn't lost that hand muscle movement yet. And he began to write some very profound thing. And he says something like, it is very sad and frustrating to enter into Easter and not have the voice to shout, He is risen. But it is worse to have a voice and not want to shout. There are many people who have voices, but they don't want to shout. Oh, Sanster, every Easter, he was looking forward to be able to just celebrate with the saints his reason to shout that. So eventually, he lost his hand, hand muscle as well, and he went home to be with the Lord. But can you just imagine? Even at the last moment, he was wanting to raise a hallelujah anyhow. When he has lost his voice completely, his hands were still shouting and raising hallelujah until he lost that completely. But his life is a raise a hallelujah anyhow. Friends, whatever that you are going through, know that God is in control. Learn to say amen to God because He Himself is a God of yea and amen. God knows what He's doing. Sometimes it seems to be so painful. But my friends, God will be with you. Hallelujah. Anyhow, no matter what's going on, no matter what condition I find myself in, no matter whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, I count it all joy because I know who's in control. And I can say with authority, Hallelujah, anyhow. In a world where each corner holds some potential danger, we can say, Hallelujah, anyhow. Whatever situation you're going through right now, Come on, church, let's say. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Lastly, raise a hallelujah louder and louder. And this is from the song. Louder and louder. Look at the saints. Then I heard what seemed to be what? The voice of a great multitude. Like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Whoa! I can just imagine what John saw and heard. Imagine yourself being in a stadium, packed with people. The biggest, the largest stadium in the world. Where is that? I don't know. But imagine you are in that stadium filled with people. 
And man, and not only that, you multiply it 1,000 times. Maybe you multiply it 10,000 times. And then everybody doing this, like, like, like the roar of many waters, the sound of mighty peals of thunder, and everybody shouting out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Whoa! You can feel it all over your body. Goose pimples coming up already. Some of you can feel that right now. Can you just imagine that? The greatest hallelujah event. It happened in heaven. It can happen right here. It can happen right here in this congregation. <coughs> hallelujah for the Lord our God. Almighty, He reigns. The Lord our God. Friends, there is no one like Him. There is absolutely no one like Him. He alone is God. Unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable. That's our God. The saints and all the angelic hosts Declare that you are God alone. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord our God Almighty, He reigns. Friends, the victory is in the hands of our Lord. He has defeated all His enemies. Nobody can stand against Him. All the evil force, all the demonic forces, none. And He has granted us the victory. We share even in the victory of the Lord. Here in the hallelujah, the shout of praises, there is the assurance of the victory of God. Friends, when you are a worshiper, you learn to worship in that manner, the victory is yours. Doesn't matter what you are facing. Yes, there is the hallelujah anyhow, but God will give you the victory over the, every circumstances. And when we are worshipping the Lord, I tell you, the victory breaks through. It has happened many times. People just worshipping God, you know, and after that, the power of God just comes down. The victory of God comes down. People get healed, you know, and supernatural things begin to happen. That's what happens when you are worshipping the Lord, when you are lifting up the glory of God, when you are just declaring the greatness of God in faith. Friends, as the song, another song says what? When praises go up, what comes down? Rain comes down. Rain. Uh. Rain of what? Blessings. When praises go up, rain comes down. The rain of victory. The rain of the blessings of God. When praises go up, when worship goes up, when you learn to worship God, you see, this God is the central focus. When you worship, don't forget about everything else. Don't, don't, don't look at the person next to you or in front of you and what she is wearing and a new hairstyle and all those kind of things. Don't think about what you're going to eat for lunch and all those things. You know, focus on God. Hallelujah! For the Lord our God Almighty, He reigns. That's the focus. when you worship in that manner, church, God says, I'll take care of all your needs. You don't have to worry. 
I will heal you. I will provide for you. I will care for you. I will deliver you. All God wants is for us to raise up, raise a hallelujah unto Him. Raise a hallelujah unto Him. And when we talk about hallelujah and praise and worship, the word that's used, shakal, and in the Greek is proskunio, it is, it is something that's very active. It is not just words. There is usually action accompanying it. When you talk about hallelujah, praise, it is not just a praise, praise the Lord, Lord. No, no, I thank you, you know, and, and you are sitting there half asleep. Praise the Lord, thank you, Lord. No. Hallelujah and praise God is never in that manner. It is not just words, it is not just attitudes, but it is words and attitudes plus action. So seven ways how you can raise a hallelujah. Number one, yodao. What is yodao? In other words, it's extending the hands vigorously. That's in complete control. Your hands is involved. Not just your words. You extend even your hands. That's why Pentecostals, why do we raise our hand? This is, the first one is a surrender unto God. But the second one, all right, todao, Extending the hands, but in thanksgiving, all right? The first one is surrender. Second one is in thanksgiving. Also, extending of the hands. How do you raise a hallelujah? Raise your hand. For some of us, are your hands so heavy, like, you know, you know tied down to, to a stone or, or whatever it is, you know, oh, ah, you know? When we watch football match, ah, we can raise our hands, you know? When we come to church, ah, you're tired, you know? But hey, extending hands, it's not just a Pentecostal practice, it's in the Bible, all right? And the third way is Barak, to kneel, to bless God, to bow down. That's another way to raise a hallelujah by bowing down. All right, you may not even say anything, but by your very action itself, that is praising the Lord and raising a hallelujah. Worship team, can you all please come? And then the next one is Telhilah. To sing praise, singing out of the spirit spontaneously. Ha, ah, here's where singing comes in. How do you raise a hallelujah? Come on, sing unto the Lord. It can be spontaneous, it can be prepared, it can be with Spotify, it can be with uh, uh, iTunes, or whatever it is. You just, you just praise the Lord. Alright? Open your mouth with praises of God and let God fill you. So when you come, you know, when, 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 when the worship team is leading, hey, they, 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 are, they are not able to sing for you. But when you enter into worship and you sing out loud, sing out with gusto, you are raising a hallelujah unto the Lord. Zama, to touch the strings, to make music with instruments, mostly rejoicing. Whatever musical instruments you know, that is raising a hallelujah. When you strum on that guitar, that is raising a hallelujah. Do you know that? When you beat on the drum, when you, you know, uh, attach the, the keys on the keyboard, you find that is raising a hallelujah. Whatever musical instruments it is, raise a hallelujah unto the Lord. Number six is very common. How loud? Not halal, huh? It's not halal. It's not pronounced as halal. It's how loud. 
to be clear, to shine, to boast, to show, to celebrate, to be what? Glamorously foolish. I like that. Glamorously foolish. You're not quiet about it. But oh, you are celebrating. It's just like David dancing and the daughter says, hey, you, you are like acting like a fool. A king shouldn't behave that way. But David doesn't bother. He was glamorously foolish because he was filled with the praises and the worship of God. And Shabbat is very common also to shout loudly, to command. So when you shout hallelujah, hey, you are declaring, you are commanding, you are raising a hallelujah at that unto the Lord. And I tell you, when you shout hallelujah, the devil trembles. The de you, you think that hallelujah is just a common phrase, but when you shout hallelujah and raise it unto the Lord, the devil trembles, Jericho walls will come, trumble, come cr crumbling down. Look at what, look at what Joshua did. He has, no, he, he, he has learned the art of entering into worship and using praises and worship even to win the victories in the battle. Friends, let's enter into worship. Let's, let's just raise a hallelujah.